You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Discovery? Welcome to Church at Home. A special shout out if you are visiting us virtually for the first time. My name is John. I get this amazing opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. Before we jump in, hey, why don't you share this feed right now? See, here's the deal. What if there is a friend on your social media page, wherever you're streaming this from, who can use the message of hope today? There will probably be no easier time to invite someone to church than right now. So go ahead, share this. And we're praying that that God would just move through the message today. Now, speaking about the message, uh, do you guys remember a thing called gyms? You know, like the things where you like you work out in and you get all sweaty. You guys remember those? I was thinking about gyms specifically. Uh, the the most awkward part of a gym for me is are are the showers. Does do do anyone does anyone else think that showers in gyms are just not safe? Like they're they're just there's no privacy. Go ahead if that's you man shoot up hearts or or say or let, let us know and says i i think they're awkward i, I want to know so that i know that i'm not the only person that thinks that but but i was thinking about gym showers and how much like i hate them right so i would typically in the morning i'd go work out and rather than than going uh to to wash up take a shower at the gym i go home get ready take a shower and then go about my day and that's typically what I do because I never ever want to step foot in a shower at the gym. But there was this one time in particular where I was at the gym and I knew that I, I wasn't going to have enough time to go back home. So I brought everything with me uh, in, 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 uh, with hopes of, of going to take a shower in the gym. Okay. And so, so here I am. I get done. I'm all nasty and sweaty because I just lifted 5,000 pounds. No big deal. Uh, don't don't think about that part. But but I, I remember just going there, working like and, and getting a nice sweat, going into uh, the the restrooms, sweating and thinking, John, what are you doing? Like, why would you even subject yourself to such weird conditions? And so here's what what I decided to do in this moment. Rather than me going to take a shower, I took out my new shirt that was clean. I got some paper towels. Don't judge me. I started damping away so I was dry. And then I put my new shirt over myself. See, I thought for some reason that that would suffice and prevent any stench from happening only to find out it didn't do that at all. In fact, my meeting that I went to uh, and having coffee, like I, I can just tell that the person I was meeting with was like, Pastor, you smell, right? But they were too kind to, to tell me that. Uh, but but I remember just sitting there and just smelling and thinking like, oh man, I should have I should have taken a shower before I put on the clean shirt because the new clean shirt, just putting it on over my old sweaty self just didn't suffice. And so I'm telling you this not because I want you to know how much I despise showers at gyms or because I had an awkward moment meeting with someone. But the reason why I'm telling you this is because I think there's actual truth to this idea of new. 
Now, here's what I do want you to understand and to know, that God has something new for you. He has something new in store for you. But the premise, just in case you check out and you decide to scroll on another website, I'm not mad at you, but just in case you do, here's the premise, the big idea of, of today, is that God wants to do something new in your life, but in order to fully appreciate the new that God wants to take you to, he first has to do something new in you. Now, we're going to look at the journey of Israel in order to really encapsulate this idea. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14. But before we start reading, in case you've never heard of, of, of Israel exiting Egypt, uh, here's, here's a quick brief, uh, brief uh, backdrop of what's, what's taken place. Uh, Israel has been enslaved to Egypt for 430 years. That's what the scripture says. And, and so here they are, they're enslaved and they're crying out, they're like, God, save us. We don't want to be here anymore. God, take us to a new place. We want to go to new levels. Like we don't want this anymore. And so God, he hears his children's voice. And that's just, that's good news for you and for me that God hears your cries. And so he heard Israel's cries, okay? And then, uh, and then he raises up this guy called Moses. And Moses, he actually leads he, he goes to Egypt and he, and he talks to Pharaoh. He's like, Pharaoh, you got to let God's people go. Pharaoh's like, no, we will never. Why would we let these people go? And so what God ended up doing, see, God sent 10 plagues that, that eventually Pharaoh's like, okay, you can have your people go. And so, uh, so Pharaoh sends Israel away and they leave. And all of a sudden, Israel is free. Come on, somebody. And Israel is free. And, and they're going about their, 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 they're leaving their old, the Egypt. And they're heading to Canaan, their new. And they're excited. They're ready to experience the new season that God is leading them in. However, what we're about to discover is that though they're heading to a new season, they never took into account that God first needed to do something new inside him. And so we're going to jump in on Exodus chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, check this out. Here we go. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no grave in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Okay, so let me catch you up. Uh, Pharaoh, he said, he said, you can go take your people, get out of here. Just let these plagues stop, right? So Moses, uh, he takes these, these, the Israelites from Egypt and they're moving to the promised land, Canaan. And all of a sudden, as they were journeying to their new, they, they stop at the Red Sea and they can't go any further. In this moment in time, the people begin to freak out. They begin to say, Moses, why did you bring us here? It was better, better in Egypt. Like, we should have stayed in Egypt. And, and, and then to make matters worse, to make matters worse, 
As we read the text, we discover that Pharaoh's heart becomes hardened. And Pharaoh, he, he begins to, to, to realize, like, what am I doing? Why am I giving away free labor? And so he decides to get his arm and get his chariot, and they begin to pursue Israel to bring him back. Okay, and so now all of a sudden, Israel—they're—they're now—they're now—they're—they're um, they're now blocked in. The Red Sea's in front of them. Pharaoh's behind them, and, and and they just begin to lose it. And as I'm reading this, what what catches my attention? is the fact that even though God is leading them to something new, their new season, their new location, their new place is only as strong and only as good as what's happening inside of them. See, let, let, let me say it this way. These people, they weren't able to experience and, and the excitement of the newness that God is doing because they resorted to their old mindset, their old ways. And they began to say, why? It was better in Egypt, Moses. It should have just left us there, Moses. And, and, and they were never able to experience and enjoy new because they never got rid of the old. Let me say it this way. In our approach, in, in our uh, journey of wanting to ask God, God, give us new vision for life, for my business, for my marriage, for my family. Could I propose to you that before we ask God for new vision, we first ask God to make us a new vessel. Come on, that'll preach right there. Before, before we can ask God to give us fresh vision, we first got to ask God to make us a new vessel. See, because as long as we are stepping into the newness that God has for us with the old perspective and mindset, we'll never fully be able to appreciate the season of new that God is leading us into. Did you know, in fact, Jesus actually talked about this uh, in, in the Gospels. Uh, he he likened, likened it to a new wineskin. He said, why would you pour new wine into old wineskin? And I think the same is true. The same premise is true when it comes to our life. That before we allow God to to take us into this new season of whatever we're believing him for. Like he first needs to give us a new wineskin. He first has to do something new inside of us. And so I want to give you three things that I believe that God wants to do new, that, that God wants to, excuse me, make new in our life. And, and so we're going we're gonna to get that through, let's see here, through verse 13. Of, of Exodus. So Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, we're going to look at Moses's response to the cries of Israel, to the, the cries of Israel saying, why did you do this? And within this, uh, within Moses's response, I think that, that he identifies three areas 
in which we have to make new in order for us to appreciate the new season that God is wanting to lead you into. So let's jump into there. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. Let's go. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The first thing that we need changing is the way that we feel. Okay, so I love that right off the bat, Moses says, don't be afraid. This idea that we have to change the way that we feel. Now, here, here's the deal. As long as my emotions, as long as your emotions are, um, are, are driven by, by circumstances, then I'm in trouble, right? Because as long as I'm alive, my circumstances are going to go like this, up, then down, then up, then down. And so I need to be able to, to, have, uh, to have a plan to where my feelings, my emotions aren't ran by my circumstances. In fact, you know, I think a great example of this is this pandemic that we've found ourselves in. Now, I don't know about you, but, but it's so easy to be so consumed with negativity, to be so consumed with, with the fear that, that, that has come with this, with this pandemic, that, that, that the more that I hear, the more that I'm intaking from media and from, from the news, social media, from friends, the more I feel like my emotions become deflated. All of a sudden, man, I just, I feel like everything about me, my feelings, my emotions, like there's no hope. I, I become afraid. Can you relate to that? And so the old way of, of, of how we feel based off of what our circumstances are, like it has to change. So, so we have to begin to say, God, will you, will you help change me? God, will you change the way that I feel so that my feelings, my emotions are not based off of my circumstance, but rather they're based on who you are. See, and here's, here's why that's so important, that, that we begin to allow our emotions and our, and our feelings to be led by someone who is constant who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, it, it, it's to our benefit that we can begin to trust, uh, to put our trust and hope in God, who is stable, who is the same, who is consistent, so that we can have our feelings and our emotions the same and not wavered by life going up and down. So that's the first thing that Moses, or the, yeah, excuse me, that's the first thing that Moses brings to attention. The second thing that needs to change is the way I act. So the first thing Moses said, like, hey, don't be afraid. The second thing he tells him, he, he's like, hey, stand firm. Now, this is important because you got to understand the context of Israel. They've been enslaved for 430 years. And so uh, they, all they know is how to run, how to submit. When the Egyptians would come, they would run away out of fear for their lives. 
and generations upon generations had been taught this by, by what they've been told or what they saw. And so here they are in this moment of fear, the Red Sea in front of them, the uh, Egyptians behind them, and they had their, their, their first natural inclination was to run away. And Moses is like, no, hey, that's the old you. The old you would run. He's like, but you need to stand firm. In essence, Moses is saying, is saying, stop surrendering yourself to things that God already delivered you from. I'll say that again. Stop surrendering yourself to things that God has already delivered you from. Listen, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is telling you, stand firm. Like the old you may have ran away from everything because of, of the posture in which you saw yourself. But come on, God wants to do something new inside of your life this morning. He wants to make you new because he wants you to stand firm. He wants you to understand the posture and position that you have as a child of God. He's doing something in your life and he wants you to know that you can stand firm because of who you are standing on. Moses was letting Israel know that they don't need to be subjected to the fear of man anymore. That they don't have to run out of fear anymore they can stand firm. I wonder this morning how many of us listening, myself included, how sometimes I get caught up with having a slave mentality, a slave to my flesh, to my fleshly desires, when in fact because of who Jesus is and because of the relationship that I have postured myself under through Jesus Christ, I'm no longer slave to those things. So Moses, he, he said, don't be afraid. He said, stand firm. And check out the third thing that he says. We need to change the way we see. Okay, notice Moses says to Israel that God will deliver you. Now that word will is very important because that word will implies that it hasn't happened yet. Like not now, not yet. And so what Moses is doing, he's challenging their old way of thinking by, by wanting to transform something new in the way that they see. You see, because Moses is telling Israel to see something that has not yet manifested itself in the natural. In other words, Moses is like, hey, I want that, that, that God will deliver you, but you first have to step out in faith. See, Moses was asking them to, to head to a direction that they, they just weren't, that they just couldn't see. See, Moses, Moses, or excuse me, Israel, they, they only saw the Red Sea in front of them. That was how they gauged their situation. They didn't see the miracle of the waters parting. All they saw was the problem. 
And what God wants to do as he changes the way that we see things is that he doesn't want us to see the problem, but he wants us to see the promise. And, and, and so he wants, and so in order for that to happen, we gotta be willing to step out in faith even when we don't see what we're believing God for. See, my old way of seeing is very easily based upon what's in front of me, the natural, what's physically in front of me. But God wants to do something new inside of me, new inside of the way I see, so that as he's leading me to the new season, the new place, that as I look around and it doesn't look any way, shape, or form of how I dreamt it, I could still keep moving forward because I know God spoke it already. And so what I want to do is challenge you this morning to, to have God change the way that you see things, that, that you would begin to see things not through the problem, but through the promise. See, this is so important for, for me, I believe, and, and for you to understand that God would change the way that we feel, the way that we, the way that we uh, act, and the way that we see. Because God, as I said earlier this morning, God wants to take you to someplace new. He wants to lead you to a new place, but as long as as long as the vessel is old, the new vision that's poured in will also become old. And so my challenge for you this morning is that you would say, God, just change the way that I act, the way that I that I feel, the way that I see things, God, because I because I want you, I want to be able to see all that you have for me. Come on, I believe that God is wanting to do something new in your life. He's wanting to do something new in you and through you. That, that no matter your age, no matter, no matter your, your um, stage of life, of where you're at within your faith, that God wants to do something new. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.